It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? or being able to take control of more than just the wheel. Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast. Part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked on Hawks postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere, but right here at Locked on, I am Tanitra Batiste, and alongside me is Deshaun Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And, of course, the Locked on Hawks postcast is your Locked on team every single day because it's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Deshaun, the Hawks, well, they faced a Raptors team where it's kind of like that Spider-Man meme where it's like you're looking in the mirror. Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Is it you? Because both of these teams came into this game with four straight losses. So we'll deep dive on how the Hawks added another notch to the loss column in the and one. And we will take you through who got next and how the Hawks can actually reverse course after this 135-128 loss tonight. But first, let's get T and Tate's takes on what went down tonight. Tate, I want to start with you, where you said you are standing on business for what somebody needs to do because this is on them. Yeah, still trying to figure out what the whole standing on business things mean. Uh, I feel like an old man now at this point where, you know, I got all the nieces and nephews laughing at me when I'm like, man, that's cat, bro. And they like seriously, unk, like you're like 100 years old. So although I don't totally know what all it means, but I feel like I'm still standing on it nonetheless because of the simple fact that 
Um, you know, we can always point the fingers. I think it's an easy way out to point the fingers and talk about how there's no Jalen Johnson or AJ Griffin not playing inactive or, you know, talk about, you know, that there's no DeAndre Hunter for the last couple of games and not totally sure when he's back. But nonetheless, I still feel like this one being on the front office based on the simple fact that this is a very winnable game and yes. it just happens to be during a time when it's needed the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's still a lot of positivity and optimism around this team, partially because there's a lot of togetherness. There's a lot more chemistry than there was before. We talked about that in a few episodes yeah. ago. Um, yeah. And the reasons behind that is because, you know, we just we just have that energy in that field. There's that vibe there. Um, but considering everything that has transpired, I put it on the, on the front office because there was still no piece added to this team in the front court. There was a mm-hmm. void left behind when there was no John Collins and you had the opportunity to make a move in free agency or at some point. And Rudy Gay was not that answer. And I think everybody knew that. So that's kind of where I stand. I think everybody, if you look at whether you were watching the game. And this, you know, and and I'm going to try and be as quick about this as possible, but I think this is one of those instances where, you know, there are people that feel like they have to stand on one side of the fence or the other, where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, you know, uh, um, I I, I don't totally, uh, whether you feel like this is a a winnable game or not, I just... It's taken some process, and I think we just kind of have to be realistic about what the expectations are for this team. Mm-hmm. You did yeah. just definitely needed to be a piece added, and and uh, if you can't tell, the, the frustration and the emotion is is growing a little bit, but not necessarily at an all time high. Yeah, and and I can see that because you still are wanting to be on the conservative end when it comes sure. to that level of frustration because we know. We do math here. Math does math on Locked On Hogs postcast and 14 plus nine equals 23. What that says is we've only gotten through a quarter of the season. And real talk, that's something that we can honestly, and we will talk about that a little bit in the and one, but that's something that we can really kind of stand on, no pun intended, but that's some business that you can stand on because you cannot get frustrated with the team a quarter in. There are three quarters of the season left. So if we are willing to say that we think this is where this team is going to remain, then like you said, okay, that might be a source of frustration because it's like, man, we don't want to give up on them, you know, at this point and say, this is who they is. They, they are, excuse me. I can't say that I believe the Hawks are a nine and 14 team. I just don't. Now, if you would ask me if I believe they were a 12 and 11 team or an 11 and 12 team, oh yeah, yeah, they're about 500. But 9 and 14 can't get with that. So no, I agree with you. I don't think at this point you have to stand on either side of the fence. I think it's more of from night to night, you might be on a different side of the fence based on what you see. And tonight's on that side of the fence where we're like, we can really and truly see why you should have gotten a piece, taking nothing away from Jalen Johnson, of course. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But again, these are the reminders of, ooh, you should have gotten that piece. My question is sometimes, and feel free to, you know, any of the viewers and listeners to definitely chime in with us or even afterwards um, at Tanitra Batista at Tate's Take Hoops is, um, are, in terms of standing on which side of the fence, my question mm-hmm. is, do you feel like that it's more frustrating to be consistently competitive Although it's still, you know, the the result, the end result still being a loss, but it feels like it's happening every game. 
or is it more frustrating to feel like you're more consistently inconsistent and yet still resulting in a loss? I think that's sometimes where I kind of question where people are with this particular team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just think that while there is still quite a bit of room to grow, we saw it at one point in time during mm-hmm. the run that the team made to the Eastern Conference Finals where it was like, every other game it was like a new person hurt and they just did not they, they never really had games where they could put it all together have all the pieces to the puzzle together but when they finally did just happens to be at the most critical time of the year and yeah. everybody was healthy and they made their run is deshaun tate saying that they're going to make a run to the eastern conference finals this year no but i'll be honest with you and this might be you know sound crazy to say at nine and fourteen probably wouldn't surprise me after they get everything together and get everybody on the floor and everybody's for the most part relatively healthy and hopefully fingers and eyes crossed that a piece can be added in place of John Collins after all after you know the all-star break so I still think things are looking up although it may not necessarily reflect on the record itself yeah that may be why I'm probably more frustrated when I see the consistent inconsistency rather than being frustrated when I get the competitiveness that still yields the same result because the competitiveness has an opportunity to actually turn into something eventually. Consistently inconsistent has no opportunity to turn into (laughs) anything that's different than we saw last year because that was the calling card of last year, if not the backside of the year before. So no, I'm going to go with, I'd rather be frustrated after a competitive loss, because at least I know, hey, at any moment, this could actually turn the curve. And we saw an example of that, which was one of my takeaways. And that is come through, Bogey, come through, because there were times in this game in the third and fourth quarter where you needed one guy to step up. And goodness knows right now he is kind of, and Onyeko Kongu finally did have a good game. So I'm going to give him a little you know, thumbs up there as well, because anytime he can walk away with no personal fouls in 30 minutes, come on, man, we got to give him some a thumbs up and some love. He points eight rebounds, you know, we got to give it to double O. But on the same token, Bogdan Bogdanovich is my example of why I'd rather the frustration be there from com- competition, because I'd rather look and see, oh, wow, Quinn Snyder only suited up eight guys and three of those guys Two out of the three guys on the bench actually scored in double figures. That's the kind of competition that I want to see. And that's why I said, that's right, Bogey. Come through at the critical moments because we need to know that our fearless leader on the bench is ready and willing and able to do it. And that it's not consistently inconsistent because he had a 40-point night on Monday. And for him to turn around and have a nice, solid 20-point night tonight, that's what I am looking for. And that's why I kind of hold on to that. For dear life as encouragement. Now, listen, we'll be right back and we're going to talk more Hawk, Hawks and Raptors in the and one. This episode of the Locked on Hawks postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Now, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every single week. We're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see how Josh has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Now, I'm going to tell you guys 
one fantasy pick that I still think is a good look. And it'll be an interesting one because he didn't necessarily have a lot in the way of productivity. But if you're looking for somebody who maybe has a double-double or someone who could maybe be serviceable on a consistent basis, that's Sadiq Bay, And that's who he picked because, of course, Jalen Johnson has returned to shooting at practice, but he is still not back with the team. Sadiq scored 12 points and he had uh, 10 rebounds. So he got the double-double. Low-key. I think Bogdan Bogdanovich might not be a bad add to your team as well, because again, when you need an assassin, when you need a sharp shooter, he's almost always your guy. He's a money guy and he can give you what it is that you need. So think about adding those guys to your championship team, but also think about getting help from Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball to help you win your fantasy championship. And of course, eBay Motors knows a little bit about championship teams because just like it's about each player being a perfect fit for their team, it's the same thing with your vehicle. And if you're like me, you guys know it's winter time. And this winter, I think we're okay with my SUV, but a couple winters back, we were not so good with my little sedan. The brakes were like, yeah, bye. And it was one of those situations where I had to make decisions quickly. And that's why eBay Motors came into play because I was able to pick from 122 million parts for my ride or die at that time, to make sure it ran smoothly. That was a brake kit, but you can get LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, et cetera. I've even from eBay gotten some seat covers and that's been a cool thing. So eBay's guaranteed fit means if it's the first time, every time of your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber and not cash. So eBay is a guaranteed fit, only available to you as customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Deshaun, let's break this thing down a little bit more because this was an intriguing and interesting game being that if you were able to kind of see it or listen to it wire to wire, well, the Hawks were up by as many as 12 points, really had a very, very, very solid first half, right? And then all of a sudden, things kind of went south in that pesky old third quarter of theirs, and they found themselves first down by 14, but in that fourth quarter, more importantly, they found themselves down by as many as 10 points before losing by seven, 128 to 135. So at 30,000 foot level, Deshaun, why the Hawks lose this game? Kind of like what I was saying in the first segment, I think it's just a matter of not really having the manpower, Um, you know, and, and, and again, you know, we, I, I try not to be the person that's consistently always talking about the players that, didn't play or maybe John Collins name being brought up, but guess what? There wasn't really a ton of talent that was added to the bench either after the holidays and maybe one or two other players that are no longer Mm -hmm. existing in Hawks uniforms either. Um, You know, there, there's some, some length and some athleticism that definitely proposed some problems for the Hawks. We start talking about, you know, guys like, Pascal uh, Siakam, Precious Achua, um, 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 Boucher is another one of those players. Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi. That just sounds like run and jump, run and jump, run and jump all day, all night long. 
Um, and then you add Dennis Schroeder because of the length of his arm. So there's even more length from that standpoint as well. So, um, uh, that was probably one of the more concerning parts for me. And, and even coming into this game, the lack of size that the Atlanta Hawks had, I think we've seen many of instances where adjustments had to be made by Quinn. Um, and he did a good job considering the cards that he was dealt. I mean, Oyeko Okongu, we've been hearing on and on and on about him improving his jump shot. I think he's hit three threes. That might be a record for him as far as yeah. since he's been in the NBA. Um, uh, I think that we've seen a lot of lobs to Clint Capella, who had a really, you know, I think you mentioned it, a, a unusually good offensive game uh, from him on tonight. A lot of lobs from Trey and Trey mm-hmm. was just absolutely destroying the defense, particularly in the first three quarters. So yeah. I, I think it was just a matter of not really anything that the Hawks really didn't do. Everybody yeah. showed up, played their part, do what they were supposed to do. You mm-hmm. just didn't have enough guys to tear the breakaways off and check into the game when the horn sounded. Yeah. And I think too, you make a couple of great points there. First of all, yeah, you you acknowledge it, but you don't want to over-acknowledge the fact that DeAndre Hunter was out for a second game or the fact that A.J. Griffin was out due to personal reasons. And, of course, Jalen Johnson is still out as well. So you don't want to lean too much into that, although it was a factor because when we got the early injury report, Trey was listed as probable, but sometimes probable does lead you to out. And um, we just talked about the players who weren't there, but – uh, Boucher was listed on, and Otto Porter Jr. were both listed on that um, early injury report as well. And of course, Boucher played. So yeah, it sometimes it does depend on who's out there. And don't get me wrong, although there were swings where the Hawks had a ten point, a twelve point lead at one point, and then the Raptors had a fourteen point lead at some point. Yeah, those swings are what they are. But those twelve and 14, 14 point swings also give you an idea of just how close this game was at spurts because every time one team would kind of go out there and jump out to a double-digit lead, the other team would come back and make it a competition. So I do think it was there, and I think you would have to just kind of dig more into you know the little things in the numbers, like the three-point shot is really what killed the Hawks, especially in that third quarter. Hawks were fine from the three-point line, 44%. Mm-hmm. We haven't said that in quite a while. Mm-hmm. It was just that, unfortunately, the Raptors were better at 53% tonight. So sometimes those little margins are where it happens because everywhere else it was a pretty consistent and pretty even game. So it was just one of those where the margin for error was slim for both teams and the Raptors ended up on the right side of the W. And you and you mentioned how even that this game was. I mean, if, if you didn't, you know, really watch or I think some things will surprise you when you do go and look at the stat sheet. I don't love the idea of, you know, not paying as much attention to the game and more so going off of highlights and box scores. But if you look at this one, it'll kind of go to show exactly how even it was. I mean, granted, I think the only thing that Atlanta, which I do think they definitely could have given up a little bit more on the defensive side, where in terms of fast break points around the the NBA Toronto ranks third they had 26 fast break points I think they could have probably taken advantage a little bit more if the Hawks were not as di- disciplined on getting back um yes. as they were when you start talking about you know the points in the paint where Atlanta is much smaller than Toronto um yeah. Atlanta Atlanta outscored them in the paint yeah. in the paint 54 to 52 uh, even from a block standpoint again yeah. much bigger than Atlanta 
nine to eight with the uh, with with the advantage going to Toronto only by one block. Mm-hmm. Um, even from you know a, a steal standpoint on the defensive side, nine steals versus three, they tripled the amount of Toronto's you know steals. So from a, a defensive standpoint, I still think they went good and even turnovers, seven turnovers for Atlanta in comparison to Toronto's fifteen. I think mm-hmm. that's something that Atlanta know that they had to do in order to be competitive in this game. And honestly. I'm I'm living on the glass, not even just half full, like mostly full from this standpoint, because when you factor in the manpower and then everybody that was healthy for a team like a Toronto, who's very disciplined, they're obviously pretty well coached. They got a good front office. Mm -hmm. Everybody's playing their part. They're doing very well. They've got size advantages amongst other things. Atlanta did really well for themselves. If there was ever a such thing as being as considering this a win, I know it's going to sound crazy to people. But feeling like a win, although it was a loss, this would be the game probably that sticks out like a sore thumb amongst so many others throughout this season so far. Yeah, yeah. And I I think on some level it hurts more, but on some level it hurts less for that very reason. It's kind of like six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, because I'm as, as frustrated as I am that they got the loss. I'm like, but yeah, when you look at these numbers, they're actually pretty darn encouraging. It's just that it's a reminder that everywhere that you execute, you just have to execute a little bit more in every area. And every person has to do that in order to get the win. And that's why when I looked through the numbers, I'm like, okay, well, we finally got what we wanted. Trey Young and DeJounte Murray both showed up at the same time. Trey had 35 points, 17 assists, four rebounds and a block. DJ, 20 points, three boards, five assists, two blocks. And so you kind of ask yourself, it's a little bit of a head scratcher, like, okay, but we got what we wanted. Why did they lose? Why did they lose? Yeah, no, seriously. I, I think that the other piece to this is, and I know that, um, this is something that's been talked about leading up to this game. There's been some, you know, we have to definitely mention there's been some things in the rumor mill that have mm-hmm. been circling around about Pascal Siakam maybe being yeah. a Hawks uniform. We know that that was a conversation coming into the season. And maybe uh, that's obviously why we're probably watching the game because I was exactly. like, you would exactly. Good exactly. Like, how would you, and feel free at locked on ATL, at yeah. Tanitra Batiste, at Tate's Take Hoops. Let yeah. us know how you feel because this yeah. is a guy who, had, who you know, typically does does historically does well playing against Atlanta I think he was averaging what is it 24 points eight rebounds and 50 percent 51 percent from the field against Atlanta coming in tonight he has 33.7 rebounds seven assists 12 for 19 from the field only seven missed shots and only one missed three-pointer where he made five like that's something that we can get used to especially if we're gonna see DeAndre Hunter that has been playing like DeAndre Hunter as of late if we're just being transparent yeah, no, I'm perfectly okay with that. And that means, like, as in he can go, like, 12 can go? Okay, just checking. Just, you know, for the people in the back, I was just wanting to make sure that, you know, they had clarification for, for their well-being and for their knowledge. <laughs> but no, anyway, I think you're right because he's that guy. You know how we love to throw around uh, some of the more generic or cliched terms like, stretch four, stretch five, mm-hmm. stretch three, stretch this, stretch. Okay, that guy's a true stretch. That yeah. guy you can put just about anywhere in the front court and on some level be okay. And I think that I agree with you. Somehow, some way, if you can get him and then you can just kind of build that front court around him, however you build the front court around him. And that doesn't mean necessarily that everybody goes 
except DeAndre Hunter, maybe in, in, in terms of the example we're giving, not to say we're saying DeAndre has to go, but however that is, I do think just like you would say, you build around Trey Young and DeJounte Murray in the, with DeJounte Murray in the backcourt, I think you get a, a Pascal Siakam in the front court, and then you build around him. Now, listen, we know it's not over yet because there's still a Friday game that these two teams have to play, and hopefully the Hawks will get a split of the series, and we are going to talk about how they get that and who got next. So guys, you might want to be at one of the upcoming games. There's rumor that has it. If everything works out in Memphis, we don't know. It's kind of up and down. But if everything works out how it's supposed to in Memphis, that's supposed to be a cool Christmas weekend type of a game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Atlanta Hawks. You want to go? You might want to check out game time because I'm sure that ticket will sell out super fast. But you can get killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee if you want to check out that game on Saturday, December 23rd at State Farm Arena. So last minute tickets and flash deals and zone deals, and they'll give you the lowest price guarantee. They even have event cancellation protection. How cool is that? And if you happen to get a better price for the same section and row, then Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So how can you take the guesswork out of buying tickets? You do it with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now terms do apply, but again, you create the account, you redeem the code L O C K E D O N NBA for twenty dollars off, and you'll get last minute tickets with the lowest price guaranteed through Game Time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Deshaun, the math was not mathing <laughs> in the Warrior Suns game. And why do I say it that way? Because, you know, if you keep swinging your fists and your hips and swinging whatever it is that he swings whenever it's at his beck and call, things will happen to you in a very bad way like they happen to Draymond Green. What do I mean by that? Well, Draymond Green is going to take a little time to find himself and figure some things out because after he did what they're calling the windmill wipeout of Yusuf Nurkic in the Warriors Suns game, which the Warriors lost, by the way, the league announced tonight that he's being suspended indefinitely for that strike. He received a frame foul two for striking Nurkic and was subsequently ejected, but that's his third ejection of the season. And the reason the NBA said that they gave him the indefinite suspension is because they did take into account that he has a repeated history of unsportsmanlike acts, even this season that we have seen that make it questionable. And of course, back to last season, probably the most egregious one was, you know, the sucker punch of his former, his now former teammate, Jordan Peele. However, this was the conversation that I had with a couple of people this morning. I wanted to get your Tate's take on it and kind of see if you see a slightly different side. We know that a couple days ago, we were incensed 
at Trey getting ejected because mm-hmm. it was so senseless, so useless, so baseless. And we've now seen it the last couple of days with a couple of players, not to say that, the, that Draymond Green didn't deserve it, but two things. Number one, what's up, Dre? And number two, is the league potentially getting into a situation where the NBA will have NBA PA will have to come in and maybe have some conversation with them about what's going on with these referees kind of taking matters into their own hands. Some of them might be in their feelings and kind of act out and really in some instances dictating, if not changing the trajectory of a game. I would imagine so. Um, Because this is not a first time offense type of situation. Um, I think last year they, the NBA, if I'm not mistaken, I could be totally wrong, but I think they let um, the Golden State staff uh, or office deal with the suspension piece. The NBA didn't get uh, involved as much. I think on this mm-hmm. one, Draymond is going to meet with Adam Silver, similar to what we saw from John Morant, I think it was, before he could be mm-hmm. reinstated. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, is after you give this slap on the wrist because he's out indefinitely, however long that is, whatever that means, yeah. you know, is Draymond going to play the, all right, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be quiet for a little while and be on my best behavior and, you know, take it like a man and go sit in time out for a little while until I'm back on the floor. The question is what happens when he's back on the floor? Non-biased because I'm wearing my green and white on tonight. <laughs> just being honest. But this is just who Draymond is. Yes. I would be surprised if he came back and I saw anything different. You go from yeah. choking a guy out and, you know, now you're windmill slapping guys and everything right. else. But the, it, it, the, let's not, you know, act like we don't understand that Draymond's antics help drive numbers and move needles for this league, um, for viewership amongst things like that. And that's kind of who this team kind of needs him to be yeah. that enforcer to a degree yep. um, mm-hmm. as well. So I think that there's multiple different elements and layers to this onion. I'm just curious to know if whatever happens, like do they realistically see anything changing within Draymond when he comes back? Because I'm afraid that's not the case. And if you want something to change with Draymond, then you'd probably have to take him outside of a uniform that has an NBA patch on it altogether. Yeah. At this point, you might have to make a drastic call like that. And I think for him, he's just a throwback. Like he is a player who 20 years ago, this would have just been Dre being Dre. Like we yep. wouldn't even be having a conversation about this. Yep. Now we do understand that the league is different. Don't get me wrong. But on the same token, he is a throwback in every single way that he approaches the game. I think that's part one. And I think part two is like you said, real talk, the Warriors have been very protective of him because he's sort of like this. Steph Curry is like Barack Obama. And Clay Thompson is like Barack Obama. Draymond Green is the interpreter for Barack Obama, kind of like the key. Yeah, the key and peel deal. Yeah, that. So he does all the angry things that those two wish they could do or would want to do. But just, you know, they have reputations to kind of like take the high road. Uh, Not Dre. Dre going to do Dre. And I think he's going to do Dre when the rest of that team can't really kind of go full force with whatever they do, because every time Steph does any little thing that looks imperfect. It's like, oh God, Steph Curry got angry. Oh God, Clay Thompson got angry. So a lot of what Draymond is, is the heart and soul of that team, good or bad. And that's why mm-hmm. they've gone about him. But like you said, I think they're kind of coming to a crossroads and they have to decide exactly what this means to their team for going forward. 
the last thing I'll say about this Draymond Green situation is that I I I love how people, you know, you know, there, there's a large majority of people who just really, you know, dislike Draymond Green. And that's probably being generous using that term. But Draymond is the guy that stirs the drink for this team. Last time I checked, they didn't win any championships without him. Um, and even more so, he's the guy that you hate him on the other team. But when he's on your team, you love him. And if I'm just being just being completely honest, I wouldn't mind a guy with maybe I can hold off on some of the extra antics, but I wouldn't mind a guy like that in this particular locker room for our Atlanta Hawks all, all the time either. I think there are some instances where they need someone with a little bit of that vocal leadership and a little bit mm -hmm. of that grit and just a guy yeah. that's going to be like no nonsense or I'm not just, you know, accepting anything. You know, you're not just going to walk in Trey's face. You're going to have to go through me kind of thing. You yeah. don't let your point guard be nose to nose with Kevin Durant or whomever else that we've seen in the past. And I think that um, I think life is a little bit different when he's on your team. You tend to love him because yeah. one thing argue you can argue all you want, but like him, love him or hate him or anything in between is that. He knows how to win, and that's just the bare bottom of things, and that's what people in this city want to see. Yeah, although I will put a slight asterisk, asterisk on what you said, which is, yeah, they haven't won championships without him, but yeah, they also missed out on the opportunity <laughs> to history with a three-peat because of him. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, though. I guess that, that's, how, that's how we roll. But with Trey, I think, and again, before – all of the details came out and the, the investigation by the NBA, people were saying this morning, it just still felt like, okay, yeah, it looked bad, but where were the referees in all of this and what happened? Because that's been the conversation, a topic of conversation that I do think the Players Association is going to have to address sooner rather than later because it's a situation where he's deserved the indefinite suspension because of what he'd done in the past, but on the same token, I just think they need to keep a microscope on every single one of these calls just because it feels like the referees are taking the game into their own hands and it shouldn't be that way. Now, speaking of taking a game into their own hands, we certainly know we want the Hawks or somebody to actually take matters into their own hands because they're going to have to figure it out between now and Friday. They're going to have to figure out not necessarily how to stop Pascal Siakam, but I'll just maybe say more like contain him. And I think the other piece is how do you contain, well, the others in order to get a split of this uh, series? Yeah, um, you, you can't allow this team yet again to go 50% from the field and 50% from three. Yeah. Um, from the field is going to be one thing because you're still going to be outmatched. Um, but the reality will set in is that you're going to have to be there, not closing out. You're going to have to be present on those perimeter jump shots um and you're gonna have to find your guy and turn around and and box him out and go after some of those long rebounds and pray that they go your way you know you can you can practice all day long and a lot of this stuff is really just about the effort and the technique but those are two things two particular areas that you can control is the yeah. effort and the technique and as long as you do that then typically the ball does bounce your way maybe not all the time but i think as long as you rebound well continue to do the things that you did on tonight that went well yeah. in your favor for you mm -hmm. um every guy got a pitch in this isn't a next guy up type thing this is a all guys up yeah. next yeah. kind of situation i yeah. think as long as you have that kind of mentality 
the score could look a lot different. The end result, the outcome could be different, you know, in the next 48 hours than it was tonight. Indeed. And I think the only other area is they have to return to format the charity strike because it is uncharacteristic for the Hawks to just shoot 74% from the free throw line. That could also make quite a difference. Well, Hopefully that will be the case on Friday. But in the meantime, thank you guys so much for stopping by Locked on Hawks postcast because it is your home for the best Hawks talk. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And for more on the Hawks tomorrow, make sure you check out our guy Locked on Hawks with Brad Rowland. We will see you next time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.